Welcome to Woo Woo School, the podcast dedicated to following our curiosities and being a student to all things spiritual, vibey, and the occasional male repellent tip. We're your party hosts, Kendall and Angela. So as we dive in, we hope you feel like you're right beside us on the couch, joining the whole conversation. Without further ado, let's get woo-woo! All right, What's up, guys? We have a really, really fun one today. Kendall is going to explain it further, but she has three cards she's going to pull for us to kind of head off our topics to talk about today. Yes. So this is a deck. They're called guidance cards. They're intuition subjects. There are 48 different things that allow us to connect into our divine feminine um, and the things to like strengthen our own intuition and our own trust in ourselves. It's a big deck and you spread them out and you just pick three at random. I personally use it as journal prompts. Usually it's like a way of, hey, I need to connect with what's going on, but I don't know where to start. I'll pull three and then journal about each one and just see like what comes out of it. And every single time it's like, oh, dang, like I really needed that. So I figured I could draw three at random. So I haven't seen like what it is. Angela hasn't. So I'm just going to draw and like leave it up to the magic of this little podcast. And we'll, we'll pull those and then I'll read the description of each. And then we can talk about kind of what that means to us. Yay! So the first one, <laughs> this one is called I Embrace My Body. And it says, I honor and embrace all of my body. I am receptive to her specific needs. So I'm going to go into the book and we're going to go a little bit more in depth of what that means. Wow. Um, Which I just love. Um, Each one comes with a little photo and whatever. But when I read this, I feel like it's just a space that you kind of have to like quiet down in yourself and just listen to and see what just naturally comes up. So it says, I'm deeply grateful for this physical body of mine which has carried me throughout my life. I honor and embrace all of my body, all of her strength, her grace, and her beauty. May I listen to my body and trust her wisdom. She lets me know what feels right and what is best for my highest good and where I need to be more protective of my boundaries. May I be receptive, compassionate, and loving to my body's specific needs. May I tend to her hurts in the most loving and tender ways as a mother would her own beloved child. She has given me so much pleasure and she has also weathered a great deal of pain. I bless my body. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty emotional. Are you crying? <laughs> yeah. I just... That's what I'm saying. Uh, can I kick us off? Yes. Okay. Please, please, please. So, man, that just... That hit the nail on the head. Uh, let me share a little about my background with something recently I went through. I had my son two months early. And the reason I had him two months early, he's my firstborn and my only child, is because I developed like a very severe type of preeclampsia called HELP syndrome. So he was fine in the womb. Everything was good with him. It was my own body that was requiring mm-hmm. for me to have to deliver him in a really emergency way. Like I had four hours to prepare that he was going to be coming um, early. And I hope this isn't triggering for anybody listening. And I know Kendall is pregnant. So I really hope that this doesn't spook anyone because what happened to me is very rare, but it is what happened to me. So, you know, I would be doing myself a disservice not to talk about it because it really Mm -hmm. is 
on my mind a lot. And I've had this really hard conflicting relationship with my body in some ways. I felt so betrayed because she didn't take me to the finish line. And I was like, what, mm. what was wrong? Like why you're so healthy, you're young. I have no, no underlying health conditions. I feel like when big grief or big trauma happens to you, one of the stages of grief that they talk about, but one of them is like bargaining and like and grasping for the truth. You're just like wanting something. Totally. Wanting a why. Yeah. Yes. Like, why did this happen to me? How can I like prevent this from happening again? Like your, your mind just naturally wants to, to have answers to it. So you don't get yourself in the situation again. And I just remember like early on in my journey with him, he's eight months now. So it was eight months ago, which in some ways feels like a lifetime. And in some ways it feels like it was just yesterday. I was in the mm -hmm. him, and I had such a hard time with it at first. And I was just so upset. And I just felt like, why, you know, why did my body fail me? Why, like, did I push her too hard? What I was working at the time I was working retail. Was I on my feet too much? And I was just kind of just feeling like just really betrayed, really betrayed. But you know, my body was able to deliver a baby early and we both mm -hmm. made it out alive and we both are so resilient and she bounced back and I had like a life or death type of situation and I was talking and walking and doing everything within a couple of days and I almost, mm -hmm. in some ways, she is like persistent and she's you know, resilient and she is powerful beyond like I even knew that I was capable of. So mm -hmm. my relationship with my body currently is ever changing and I'm getting better at accepting it and actually being appreciative of like everything that we went through together. And in another podcast episode, Kendall was talking about like treating fear as a person. And I like that we're talking about our body as a she, like it's us, but it's also her. Man, Man. that card was just so- I mean, it's the vessel. Perfect. It's the vessel that like carries our soul, you know? Mm. And so she's part of us, but like also different, you know, because mm. we're not in control of her almost. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like she has like how for you, like she has her own rhythm, her own reason and, you know, even with you, like with your stories, who knows that might've been like an emergency exit situation to save you from something else. Like maybe that was her way of saying like, I know something else worse is coming, you know, like something could have happened. And so it's like, oh, to have an emergency C-section could have like saved Wyatt. Oh, absolutely. And yes, as just like a, the other flip side of it, the whole reason that led me to even go to the doctor was because I just had this sinking feeling in my body. I was like, I feel like something's wrong. And when it's my first, mm -hmm. it was my first pregnancy and I, and everybody was telling me like, oh yeah, it's, they'll tell you, you, you get uncomfortable. I was technically in the third trimester. So you run out of room. It feels like, you know, your baby is kicking your ribs. So like everyone was telling me that the feeling I was feeling was normal, but I'm so glad I listened to my body's intuition because ultimately it did save both of our lives. And if I hadn't just listened to that little thing that's inside you, your little mm -hmm. intuition, that's like, you know what? I, I mean, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And I'm not somebody that's overly safe, always calling the doctor. Like I'm not somebody that's like super worried all the time. And I'm not somebody that was like a high maintenance patient, I don't think, but I'm so, so glad I listened. So in some ways she had the wisdom to tell me. Mm -hmm. And the doctors even told me, they were like, if you had not come in, you would have had a seizure and much worse. It was within a few days that if I hadn't come in and my only symptom was like a slight rib pain, that's it. It, it, there was nothing else like but you like knew I somehow, just was like, like I this has to be wrong yes mm -hmm. so yeah I felt like she betrayed me but in another way she saved me so isn't that yeah. a complex relationship a woman has with her body you're like I well, love 100%. you sometimes I'm mad at you <laughs> 
Totally. And I think it is interesting, like, and that's something that why I love this practice in general, like pulling these cards and things like that is because I think like as women, we have kind of, so many of us women have like lost our sacred bond with our intuition. And it's like this thing that we've broken away from, like almost that we like don't, I don't know, like when, when something comes up in us and then we say, oh, like just shove it away. Oh yeah. We're it's like out of it all the time. And we're, we're told to like, oh, we're breaking you know, that relationship. Yes. And we're told you all know? the time, like, oh, you're just worrying or, oh, I'm sure it's not that. Or, or just something when you get that hunch, like a lot of times, not only can you talk yourself out of it, but other people that love you that aren't trying to mean any harm will be like, ah, no, nothing bad's going to happen. Or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. oh no, that's too unrealistic or whatever it is. I think the more- And we- I do get it because I do think that we have like irrational fears in some ways because I think fear is the very strong, persuasive thing that clouds us. But intuition. if you're in the practice of like strengthening your intuition, it's like getting to know someone again. It's like if we've broken our relationship with intuition over and over and over and over, she doesn't even know if she can show up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like having a practice of constantly learning learning your own intuition and connecting with that actually in your case like save your life literally <laughs> literally and i mean yeah. in that that instance it was obviously like really traumatic and grave but even in the small things that is fun to have intuition about and then you're right like there's that feeling of alignment and that feeling of like yes i knew i had a hunch and i was right like it's not about being right it's just about like trusting your intuition and feeding her and being like and nourishing her and and making her stronger it's a good feeling. It gives you that like buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I just love like what it said about may I be receptive, compassionate, and loving to my body's specific needs. Mm-hmm. And being that may I tend to her hurts in the most loving and tender ways as a mother would her beloved child. Because I feel like we're so, so rough with our bodies. Like speak so rude to it. We like punish it, starve it, overeat. We do all these things that aren't these like tender and loving things to our body. Like we would never talk to our baby the way we talk to our own bodies or treat our baby like, oh, well, you know, you're getting a little pudgy, so I'm going to starve you. Yeah, absolutely not. Man, that was a great card. (laughs) I know. We've got two more. Are you so excited? Yeah, you'll have to tell me the name of the deck you got. Yes, it's called Soulful Woman. I just had it like two day shit on Amazon um, after I went to um, a bachelorette party actually like where they had a weekend trip where all the girls went together and hung out in a cabin. And one of the girls actually brought this out and uh, had us do like a little yoga session and pull the cards. And I was like, okay, this is really hippy dippy. Like I just, when I first saw the cards, I was like, are we seriously doing like tarot readings in the morning? Like what's going on? And it's so funny. Like I was actually thinking about that today of how we will like be so resistant to things that we just like don't understand yet. Like how powerful this is. For example, when I saw it, I was like, oh God, okay. Like the girl who brought it, I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And no, it was, she was just like, this is just a, a way of waking up, moving your body and connecting with your intuition. And it was such a powerful experience. So how she did it and how you could like do it if you got the cards is she had us each pick three. But the first one we picked was we were supposed to reflect on that specific card and what it said had to deal with our past. And the second one with what we're going through right now. And then the third card with what I'm carrying into the future. Anyway, just you could do it all kinds of different ways. But anyway, I love it. Okay. So surrendering. Oh my gosh, this is my word right now. You know it. This is Mm -hmm. like my freaking anthem. 
surrendering, which is I honor the truth and surrender as it opens me to gifts of divine grace. And I will read the extended definition. Okay. As I surrender, I release the urge to fight, to push and resist. And I open myself up to the design and the wisdom of the universe. My surrender holds truth and dignity. It holds an inner knowing that everything will be okay. Relief washes over me when I accept things just as they are, knowing that change is just around the corner. My true path shimmers before me when I relinquish control of what I should be doing and where I should be going. My surrender is not an act of defeat or a denial of my needs, but an act of active healing and an opening to divine grace. This grace bestows many gifts, joy, patience, compassion, strength, courage, and of course, a stronger connection to the limitless flow of love. Ooh, loving now. Yeah. Yeah. That one just really speaks to me. I'm kind of absorbing anything that I can kind of read about surrendering right now, because as we're recording this, you know, middle of Corona, I am pregnant right now. On top of that, I'm in the middle of my husband's job moving us to Mexico. So I live in Trinidad right now and we moved here for his job, which was like a huge thing of surrender for me because it was like leaving my job and my friends and family and everything, which was just so hard. And then uh, we got the offer to go to Mexico City, which I was really actually excited about. But through Corona, so many plans have been falling apart. <laughs> and so it's just like, okay, where are we moving? Where am I having this baby? You know, I had a baby shower plan that's already been canceled and, you know, we're trying to reschedule that and things like that, you know, and I just found out we went in to like, see if it was a boy or a girl. And when we went in, like Clint wasn't even allowed in the building. And so, you know, I was just so sad. Like, to go in there and be like, man, these are just these simple moments that you don't even think that you have to fight for. Mm -hmm. And they are just kind of taken. And, and so I'm kind of, I'm very like go with the flow with things, but I realize that with my own expectations of things, I'm a big control freak. Mm -hmm. I feel like as long as it's outside of my expectations of how something is going to go, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like we can go here, we can do this, like whatever. But the minute I have an expectation of like, I've pictured how this is going to go. This is how I want it to go. I've created plans for those expectations mm -hmm. to not happen is like kicks in this like very controlling thing inside of me. And it's not something I'm proud of, but it's like, it really is where like, I just get so frustrated. I'm sure that so many people are going through this right now where like people's weddings are getting canceled and things where it's like, man, this is not how I expected this to go. Right. I think surrender for me, like over this last year, like it was so crazy. I like, I had written down a list of things that I wish that I had in my life. And I found this list and I had written it like years ago. And it was just a list of like, I want this. I want this. I wish this were in my life, like blah, blah. And I was reading down the list and I realized so many of those things have come from this season. Mm. And without that reframing, I wouldn't have known that. You know what I mean? Like it was like, mm -hmm. I wish like literally one of those was like, I wish I could sleep more. Another one was like, I wish I had time for writing. Another mm -hmm. one was, I wish that I could, I could be with Clint so much more so we could feel really connected. I yeah, wish these, I love like it was like all these things. Yeah. yeah. 
And it was like from years ago. Mm. And, um, and it was like little things too, where I was like, oh my gosh, like so many things, not just from like Corona time, but like from this surrender of like going to Trinidad. And I think surrender, like control essentially like keeps us from understanding the blessings that are happening in our lives. When we are so caught up on expectation, all we can see is like, this is what didn't happen versus like surrender is truly understanding. Like it's me seeing over and over and over that like by saying like, okay, listen, I'm open. And I love how it says it's not defeat because like giving up hope is defeat. But like surrender is saying, I can hopefully sit in this and understand the universe is going to carry me and that it's taking me where I'm supposed to go. And like, I think even for Trinidad, like I will say this over and over. One of my friends, you know, asked me like, Hey, you know, you moved internationally and you're about to move again. Like, I wonder how you're going to describe this time of your life in five years, like in five years, when someone like asks you, like, what is this? And like, it's been the hardest, probably the hardest year of my life. I don't even like living here, to be honest. It's been like such a beautiful year, but this isn't where I want to be. But I know for a fact that it's like completely healed so much in my marriage, completely centered me in like who I am. And I had to like really figure that out without all the bells and whistles and like without any ego. Mm -hmm. And it completely like connected me. Even Angela and I are like so much closer this year than mm -hmm. even like years in the past because like so much has been, so many distractions have been taken off my plate that were like actually taking the place of the things that mattered the most to me. And by having those off the plate, it's like, I am so much closer to my close friends. If you just put me in a room and you were like, what are the most important things to you? The things that I would list are the things that are actually in my life right now. And it's like the universe knew my heart and put me in a position to actually receive what I wanted deeply. And all I could focus on for so long was like what I had to lose to get it. Kendall. <laughs> you know so what I mean? Said, yes. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And so I feel like surrender in this time of like Corona and things like that is like, no, I, I know that the universe is like taking us where for me, like the trust in that, like, I know I am going where I'm supposed to be going. It is just like opened us up so much like creatively and with our intuition and like all this different stuff. Yes. Like Corona is so uncomfortable or like these things are so uncomfortable, but we're also going to where we're supposed to be. We just have to have some things taken off of our plate that are uncomfortable to be able to get there. Yes. I love all the sentiments you just said. I was just sitting back like as a listener, just like, Ooh, that's just such yeah. a healthy optimistic ah. way of looking at surrender. And I love that you, you mentioned that surrender isn't defeat because, you know, I, I felt like I had to be forced to surrender a lot of the times when Wyatt was in the NICU. And I say it in that way because like, I didn't have a choice, but if I didn't surrender and start to just look at it, like, let's just enjoy this moment that I'm in. I realized I would never appreciate the first time I got to hold him, the first time I got to touch mm -hmm. him. If I had done that all this, the way I thought, where I was just going to deliver him full term vaginally with my mom and my husband. But if I had had the birth that I thought I was going to have, I wouldn't have appreciated that I had to wait five days to hold him. Mm -hmm. I had to wait 26 hours to see him. All these things that I would have just done within the first 30 minutes of his birth. I would have and like continued even, on. Yeah. Yes, and, and I'm not saying that that's not special for people that do right, yeah. term birth. I understand that it is like, you'll never forget that day. Like it's, it's the biggest day of my life, but it, it's just, it's interesting. Once you do surrender that you don't have any control over the mm -hmm. situation, you start to see like, 
the positive, you start to see moments that you can be grateful and you start to appreciate it. I think it's really cool like to even watch you evolve through that and come out like you are so deeply empathetic to people like you already were but you're like so beautifully empathetic so tender towards people I feel like you have like owned your own worth in such a deeper way you came out with this change of you knowing what you're made of which is just Mm -hmm. a a vibe you know yeah saying all that like I I feel stronger and I feel more feminine and more in touch like with my motherly side more than ever and I feel like that's what I can give back if you believe in God or a higher creator or you know the universe whatever whatever you feel I feel like my gift back is like my soft skills and like I used to just Mm -hmm. so diminish them and just be like oh soft skills you know they're not you can't put them on paper like they're not you know, something that you can like put on your resume. And I used to just kind of not be as proud of them as a strength that I am now. And now I'm just like, that's what makes the world go round. I just stand by soft skills so much more than I did before. And, you know, everybody that's gone through something hard will always say you're stronger after it and all of that. But it's, it's true. I wouldn't be the mom I am today without, without what we know. That was totally. such a good question. I love that we're yes. going back and forth. So do we have time for a third? Let's see. Yeah, let's do yeah. a third. And then, yeah, and then we can just wrap it up from there. Cool. Okay. Because I like, I like the ceremonious three. Me too. Okay. Our next one is savoring the positive. Oh, perfect. <laughs> right on time. I allow myself, <laughs> I allow myself the spaciousness. Sorry. No, Sorry I know. Me too. <laughs> Alignment. Alignment. Um, <laughs> I allow myself the spaciousness of savoring the delicious gifts in my life. So I'm going to read this one. Okay. So we can sink down into our positive right now. So it says, I slow down and savor the positive experiences in my life. I purposely dwell on cherished events and the people around me. Savoring the positive allows me to enjoy the moment and accept the delicious gifts that are in my life right now. I love delicious. Like Mm -hmm. that's like delicious gifts. Prolonging my attention on feelings and sensations connected to heartfelt memories acts of kindness and loving encounters, no matter how big or small, strengthens my capacity to embed them within my own psyche. Over time, the practice of savoring the positive builds my emotional resilience, providing a foundation of strength that will support me during any stressful time. Mm-hmm. So, which I just feel like is so like in the tune of what we're talking about of, yeah, the positive. And I think something to like, counter with this is that I've seen a lot of where people are like, oh, let's just be positive. Like, let's focus on the positive in a way that diminishes what's really going on. And like, I think you've been really good with that in my life lately too, where you're like, it's okay to like mourn certain expectations or it's okay. You can be positive, but like, I think we do have to be really careful about the toxic positivity where we pretend the bad isn't happening you know, it is that idea of surrender, right? That we just talked about, like, it is being able to see here are the beautiful things. Like this is a shitty situation and like this sucks, 
but here are actually the good parts of it and not allowing like victimhood of something to completely cloud us from what is also positive in something, you know? Definitely. I think that's where you're at your most raw, honest, authentic self, or at least that's how it feels for me. When I'm going through something hard, I have always been a glass half full kind of girl. I will find the silver lining. Mm -hmm. I always do. And it's gotten me through like a lot of traumatic stuff with my parents growing up and a lot of stuff. I, I feel like I'm a fighter and I'm resilient because of it. But I've learned that I have to unpack the sucky part too. And I don't have to feel mm -hmm. shame about saying like, this sucks. And I feel like I keep bringing it back to the NICU, but it's just kind of on theme. Yeah. When I was going through that, I was really proud that I was able to, you know, vocalize to people like on Instagram stories or like people in my life mm -hmm. that like, I was having a hard time. That was clear. And that would be clear to anyone, anyone that would be going through this. And I didn't hide that at all. I actually stood proud directly, like in front of whoever I was talking to and just, you know, cried openly. I've always been like a free crier and, mm -hmm. you know, and go through my emotions and say, this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, like the pain that I'm feeling, but he made it another day. He, you know, and I was so mm -hmm. into this, like these milestone cards that kind of got me through what you said about toxic positivity, like the way that it can be damaging is if you're just like, but it's okay. You know, he's, he, every, every day is a gift. Like that's mm -hmm. true. Every day, is which a I gift. think, which I think also like that kind of positivity, like disconnects people instead of connects people. Like for me, like I remember watching that you going through the NICU and I felt very connected to what your real experience was. I, I did not feel at all like you were like complaining the whole time or pretending everything was okay. You were just like giving a, I'm inviting you into this experience, which I think you're so good at. Like that's something that I can struggle with more just because I'm like actually a little more like private. But because I am more private, it steals those moments. Or I also like, I get scared of putting my heavier emotions on people because I'm like, Ugh, I just don't want someone else to have to carry this, right? I just remember something that like really stuck with me one time, my mom and my sister were like doing something for their mom. So my grandma and their mom was like needing help with something. And she was like, well, I don't want, I don't want to like inconvenience them. Like, I don't want to ask them to help me, even though she was in a bad spot. Like, I don't want them to do it. My mom's sister was like told my grandma by you not allowing someone to hold it, you're stealing their ability to be able to do that, which is like meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. And it always like stuck with me, this idea of you, for example, I feel like I can walk with you even now so much better understanding what you really went through instead of you being like, oh, you know, like hiding the heavy and just being like, oh, everything's great. And then we just came home while you're like, actually part of your like very real experience in life is this like trauma that you went through and you also survived, but that's like part of the weaving of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. You will carry that for the rest of your life and that mm -hmm. will influence how you interact. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you had hid that, then, you know, these people like wouldn't have been able to like actually understand you. We can connect in the positive and be like inspired by that, but we also have to like carry the heavy together to understand the experience. I don't know, you know? Yes. No, thank you for saying that. I didn't yeah. want this to end up being like a brag session about myself, but thank you. Me saying that about you is saying that about like, if anyone does that, like that's something beautiful I saw in you. I think that that's encouraging for other people to allow some of their weight onto the people that they love, you yes. know? Yes. But I'm a chronic oversharer. So just like how you might admire that I'm like a little bit more open, 
I also admire that you like hold back a little. So there's always that like <laughs> yin and yang relationship. But the thing about positivity too, it comes like innately to me, but I know it doesn't come naturally to everybody. And I know that I learned a lot of it from my mom. My mom just like always sees the good in people. Like whenever we were in traffic growing up or you know, if somebody cut us off in traffic, Mm-hmm. You know, my dad's reaction and most people's reaction, if you have like road rage or you're having a bad day, would be like flip them off or like try to yeah, like get all them, the way, you know. buddy. Yes, especially in Texas. Like, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. Or whatever. So, yeah, but my mom would always be like, well, you know, maybe she's rushing because her girlfriend just went in labor and she wants to go, you know, be in the visiting room. Like, she'd make an imaginary life for them about why they would be like cutting us off. I and love it was always that. something so sweet. So, it just taught me at a really early age to like see the good in people and just don't assume the worst. But just like anything, it is a muscle though. You know, once you, I love that saying that's like, if you're looking for red cars, you're going to see the red cars and you're not mm. going to know how many yellow cars mm-hmm. passed you by. So like, if you're looking for negative things in your life, and I know this advice is everywhere, but I really believe in it. If you are looking for positive and you're focusing on positive and like writing gratitude stuff, you're going to see more of it. And it doesn't mean you need to dismiss this hard, heavy stuff that you go through. You can meet both of them at the same time. They can hold hands. But I think that- Yeah, well, I was even saying like that if you like the more time you spend, the more that that gets embedded into your psyche. It's a muscle that strengthens and becomes part of how you see things. Yeah. Glass half full is a way to live, baby. Everybody's got to join that side. If you're if you're glass half empty, just start practicing now. You'll you'll have a life full of more riches and abundance. And it's like you'll have more friends that way. Even that can be a motivation. Yes. Gratefulness, not not toxic positivity, but gratefulness is such a magnetic quality. Like mm-hmm. when you see that in other people, you're like, man, I just want to be around you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, if anything else, like you'll have more friends, like just be freaking grateful, you know? Yeah, of course. So yes, you should I, get one of the decks and then pull sometime. Yes, I will. Consider it ordered on Amazon. I truly okay, love I'm it. I'm very pumped. Yes. Again, it's the Soulful Woman card deck. It's 48 cards in a guidebook about nurturing, empowerment, and inspiration for the feminine soul. Love so, it. Love it. Love it. Thanks for hanging. Talk to you later. Bye. We hope you had fun today. Thank you so much for listening. We're manifesting that this becomes something. So if you enjoyed this, help a sister out, give us a like or leave a review so we can connect to more people like you. Talk to us anytime. Easiest to reach us on our Instagram. Kindle is at Kindle Hannah, H-A-N-N-A with no H at the end. And I'm at Angela underscore party, P-A-R-T-Y. We love you and see you next week.